April 1st, 2020. I'm Steve Foder. I'm Chip Essenflow. And I'm Pam Bedore. We're so glad to have you back for our wrap-up of our first adventure, reading The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes from 1892. Twelve short stories, each of them very, very different, and we're here to go through a, a real quick recap and maybe listing some of our favorites and some of the favorites that you sent us during the course of this social distancing where we've been talking about these adventures. Pam, how's it going this morning? It's going well. We are on day 17 here in Connecticut. And my little one this morning is on day one of online school. So she was so excited this morning. She's got her Chromebook ready to go. She got up early and put on her full uniform. <laughs> touched. <laughs> so she's having she's having a good time. There's been some hiccups, but I think that's to be expected as um, the K-12 system is is going online, just as the university system has for the past week. So fingers crossed, I think, you know, kids are kids are excited to get back to some form of school. How about you, Chip? How are you doing? Well, I got up this morning and I also put on my uniform, Steve. <laughs> so I, I'm feeling pretty good. And uh, it seems like a, that our school district is going to start for, for the K through 12 in just a couple of days. So, um, in fact, you get to, to tell us a little bit about all the fun set up there. All the kids do have their Chromebooks and we'll see if we can get everything rolling. Yeah, I got up and took a shower and combed my hair and brushed my teeth, put on some pants and went to school today to grab everything that I needed for the foreseeable future of this online teaching that adventure that we're starting on Wednesday here in our district. So it's, uh, this is going to be... <sighs> an adventure is the is the only word I can use. I, I'm trying to stay positive. Everything's going to be great. We're all in this together. Sorry. <laughs> Wrong show. So we're here to wrap up the adventures of Sherlock Holmes, these 12 short stories. We asked you what your favorites of these stories were, and we got some interesting feedback. Let's start with Pam. I think we all know which story is Pam's favorite. <laughs> what, do you, what do you have for us, Pam? Well, as I've told you guys before, I love the Speckled Band. And so this is certainly, it's not my very favorite Sherlock Holmes story. We're still coming up to that one. But for this set, I do love the Speckled Band. It just has so many of the things that I love from literature. I love twins. I love the Gothic. I love exotic murder weapons and locked rooms. And I will admit to you that last night, my daughters asked me to tell them some stories of Sherlock Holmes. And I ended up telling them this story and both of them had trouble falling asleep because of the thought of a poisonous snake. Um, so, so yes, perhaps my favorite story is a little dark for the uh, eight and 11 year old set, but um, I love the red herring of the gypsies. And it was so funny when I was telling the girls the story, I said how this woman, right before she was about to die, she said, the band, the speckled band, and expired. And they thought that was amazing. But then when I told them what the real murder weapon was, a venomous snake, they were really terrified. So I feel like this story, it sort of captures um, the horror that underlies some of these stories. 
there's also something almost funny about it. And I guess that's that mix of sort of absurdity and terror is what I really love. I also love how truly awful our bad guy is. The doctor, Grimes B. Roy Lott. And you know, because Watson is a doctor, this bad doctor, I just love doubles. So as a scholar of detective fiction, I just love that you see elements of this story in so much of the detective fiction to follow. That was way too long, but go speckled band. <laughs> Chip, what was your favorite? Well, I didn't read it to my kids to make them, you know, uneasy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I picked The Scandal in Bohemia. And I picked that because it is the first story. It's got all the classic uh, tropes that, that will define the home stories going forward. And I immediately thought of the play, um, the play that goes wrong, that is being, that's kind of touring the United States right now, where um, they seem to jump on and use comedy to basically reflect on all these troops and, and, and use them as a, uh, kind of an homage uh, with, along with their absurd comedy that goes with it. But this, uh, the scandal in Bohemia has a king. Um, he has improprieties, Steve. And uh, the king had an affair at some point. Irene Adler is uh, throwing, thrown in there. She's an American. She's an actress. And, um, and of course, she is Holmes' is equal. And she bests Holmes at this, uh, at this time. Sherlock Holmes dresses in uh, disguises. And, of course... They both use these diversions to uh, kind of, you know, help help the story go along. This is a lot of fun, and I think this was a beautiful introduction to me to um, Sherlock Holmes and, and these short stories. I like that a lot, Chip. And I think A Scandal in Bohemia is one of the very a lot of people pick that as their favorite, and partly because of the wonderful character of Irene Adler, right? Mm -hmm. I just a great character. As we've said, she appears in like almost every movie, every television. What about you, Steve? What do you like? My favorite is the blue carbuncle. This ah. is the silliest, most slapstick <laughs> of the stories. And as I have discovered about myself over the years, I don't like action movies. I don't like action stories. I like comedy. And this one, as we pointed out, Sherlock Holmes here could be played by John Cleese. This is a very silly story. Uh, the the scene where the boy is putting this priceless jewel down the throat of a goose and the goose is flapping its wings and going crazy. This is hilarious scene. And I love the mystery of it. You don't know exactly what's going to happen. And I love the question that we wound up with at the end was, did Holmes keep this treasure was this treasure made a part of his history his museum there is actually one tv version of this story where he says out loud that he's keeping it as a part of his history in his museum in his rooms so that that's uh that's something to, to write home about all right so wait a minute the the guy that doesn't like action uh, in his stories or television or movies, um, likes to spend the summer in his basement. I mean, I don't even get this, Steve. I'm, I am a stereotype. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> I get it. I sit in my basement and watch Mystery Science Theater 3000 all day long because I can't go anywhere else. Yes, fine. <laughs> <laughs> How well, watch sports. 
How else can you get this pasty white look, right? <laughs> now, Steve, I was not surprised that you picked the blue carbuncle, knowing you a little bit as I do, because it is such a it's such a funny story and it taps into so much comedy. Um, can I just say, so I asked a bunch of people I know, and Gary Phelps, who's my father-in-law and a huge Sherlock Holmes fan, he also chose the blue carbuncle, and I really liked his reasons, which were a little different from what we talked about on the show or what you just said. He said, first, it's a Christmas story, and Gary loves Christmas, Christmas movies, Christmas stories. I'm guessing, Steve, you might as well. And and here's where this gets unusual i like the the christmas special i'm thinking back to doctor who doctor uh -huh. who has had a a celebration of christmas for each of the last uh 15 years minus the last two but for for year after year it was a christmas tradition to have a very different episode of doctor who this episode of sherlock holmes is very different and it's because of that feeling of the season i absolutely agree with him exactly i love that insight which i hadn't even thought about gary also pointed out that he loves the character study of the old man and so he said that through sherlock's reading of the lost hat we get such deep empathy for this guy even though he's only there for a page or two he's a fully fleshed out character which gives you a sense of the kind of writer that doyle is it's also a great story because we see Sherlock's softer side when he lets the criminal get away. So I really, I'm glad we reached out to ask others because I hadn't thought of any of those points. And I, I really like all of those points. And I think it fits with why it's your favorite story too, Steve. Well, that's incredibly insightful um, because he does. When Doyle is writing about this gentleman, about his hat, about uh, the position he may have been in at a certain time, where he may be today. I mean, it just... There's so much going on there about how his wife treats him. Exactly. Just there's just in a very and, and that, that's the skill of a true writer to create a full person in a very um, economical way of of putting the the uh, material down. How about your second place story? Is there is there another story in this collection that is close to your heart, Pam? So. I'm I'm cheating, but I'm going to pick two second place stories. One of them is Scandal in Bohemia, which I absolutely love for all the reasons that Chip mentioned. I also really like the Copper Beaches. And I think it's not, for me, the first story and the last story both have new women, what we called in the Victorian period, the new woman, mm -hmm. like strong women um, who are main characters. And I'm always very, very interested in how gender works in detective fiction. And so both of those stories, they tap into an intellectual interest of mine, but they also just have great characters. I mean, Irene Adler is a wonderful character. Mm -hmm. And they, so is Miss Hunter, this governess who's like willing to take a chance, but she wants to have a backup plan as she goes out to this mysterious Gothic mansion. So I really like both of those stories. I also really like how Watson frames those stories as trying to understand Holmes's sexuality. Because as we start this collection with Irene Adler is always the woman, and we end with Watson's disappointment that Holmes shows no interest in Miss Hunter after the end of this series, we do have this is a question that has really interested fans and scholars of the Sherlock Holmes stories for years. 
what is what is what are Sherlock Holmes's erotic investments? We never see him date anyone. And as you might, may or may not know, there's a lot of fan fiction that imagines a possible gay relationship between Holmes and Watson. And as we reread the stories, it's hard to think that Doyle actually invited that kind of reading, but it is a reading that happens all the time. And so those are two stories that are near and dear to me. That is an interesting way of thinking about the, you know, Holmes is a, a dedicated bachelor who, who doesn't think, who was never put in a position where he's, he's out on a date. Watson, of course, is married off. Right. And I think we'll, we'll get to this, but Watson has known women on three continents. <laughs> I think we discussed that. I think that came up in one of the, the stories already. And uh, very interesting, that relationship. This relationship, uh, I can see where they love each other. This is not necessarily a sexual relationship, but this is they are brothers. They love each other and they care for each other. Holmes in his very different way because he is so... Uh, tight in his narrow focus so that he can be so great at what he does. And Watson is just a jovial everyman. We are supposed to identify with Watson and his way of seeing things. And boy, does the author work really well at that and gives us those viewpoints. And I'm, I'm going to add to the Watson part though. He is kind of a Superman. He is a worldly man experienced a lot in life and certainly a well-educated man. So he, he would, if he's going to be the everyman, he's going to be the everyman who um, has lots of experiences. Agreed. So if Pam's going to choose two stories as her favorite, as second favorites, Steve and I will combine our second favorite because we actually wrote down the same one. The <laughs> Red-Headed League was our <laughs> second favorite story of these. That's right. Uh, because there was certainly a, a a puzzle to figure out. It's more of a mystery and certainly a very unique thing to happen. For me, this is my second favorite because of the idea of the criminal mastermind. Back again to Doctor Who. There is so many parallels between Doctor Who and Sherlock Holmes. The master in Doctor Who is that criminal mastermind. He's always got a scheme. And sometimes it's a harebrained scheme, but sometimes it comes together just right. The the villain in the Red-Headed League has a pretty good scheme here. He's going to pay this guy to get him out of the way so that he can dig his way into the bank and rob the bank. That's pretty brilliant. I agree with you, Steve. This was a uh, a nice story. It certainly fit within the, uh, the the twelve as far as an exploration of Sherlock Holmes and his ability to decipher what is going on. And I I thoroughly enjoyed this. So we probably should move from there to where we all want to go. Is what did some of our listeners uh, think? Well, we've got one listener who agreed with all three of us, actually, that one of our mysterious anonymous listeners said, a scandal in Bohemia, they loved the characters, especially Irene as a strong woman who outsmarts Holmes, and you see a more human side of Holmes in that story. They went on to say that their second favorite was The Adventure of the Speckled Band. They loved that the snake 
was used as a weapon. They had a feeling that it was an animal and guessed it close to the end of that mystery. They like the exotic images and twins. They hate to admit it, but they kind of enjoyed when the snake turned on its owner. <laughs> Very <laughs> similar to what Pam had to say there. Dun, dun, Their third favorite. Uh-huh. There's, it's a good mystery. Their third favorite, they agree with me, with the adventure of the blue carbuncle. They loved how one clue led directly to prior ones like dominoes. This is the root cause analysis at its best, and they use it a lot at work, but it was very satisfying to follow from one timeline to the prior one and so on until it was solved. They enjoyed the kindness in replacing the goose in the story and the humor of that story. I agree completely. I, I like all of those parts of the blue carbuncle. Absolutely. And I love that replacing the goose. Really, really good point. It's a Christmas story and Holmes and Watson have a lot of empathy for this man who's drawn so nicely in such a short period. Oh, I love how our listeners have given us lots of good things. Now, I reached out to my listeners and colleagues at the Popular Culture Association Mystery and Detective Fiction Listserv, and I asked these folks who are big homes people. So I got some really different answers. Now, Lesney Gardner, who had reached out to us before, she's in London. And so she wrote, A Scandal in Bohemia is my favorite, a mere woman bests Sherlock, and reveals <laughs> national-based researches are not always the most efficacious and can be more than met by instinct. And this is something we've talked about a few times on the show, right? The two sort of models of the rational versus the instinctual. Uh, she goes on to say, undoubtedly, there's a good mix of stereotypical ascribing of female traits to Irene, imagination and instinct. But hey ho, I like it anyway. Being a female myself, I suppose, it's one for our side. I love it. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's joyous. <laughs> this, this is the best show we've ever done. I, I enjoy all of this <laughs> feedback. Thank you, Leslie from London. That was fantastic. Now, Edda Abrahams from MSU chose the Redheaded League, so that's a popular one. Uh, Dan Fuller, who's at uh, Kent State University, Professor Emeritus there, he wrote that his favorite is the Five Orange Pips because of the historical connection. And that's one that I like that one a lot, too. You guys, too. Sure. Yeah, we do. Oh, no, that's the KKK one, and I, yes. I, I, I kind of shrink away from that story a little bit. That's not one of my favorites. Well, it was, oh, it was, it was of its time. It was of its time. I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> now I told that story to my kids last night as well, and they loved that. And how? Um, well, maybe I made it sound a little bit different than it was. How Sherlock ate an orange and put the seeds in. They kind of. Oh, is that good? My kids like that revenge piece at the end. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> and the, and the, and the sinking ship. You never know. Right. We, we, we like our stories to end. Oh, with, you know, right. That's the one with the terrible ending. I hate that story. <laughs> <laughs> that would no, make I... me say naughty words. <laughs> Steve, terrible. Now, I want to also share feedback from Patrick Russell who's uh, one of my own PhD students at UConn. He's, Patrick is awesome. And so he wrote, my favorites are one, Scandal in Bohemia, two, Five Orange Pips, three, Speckled Band, which was my first. I had a comic book version as a kid along with The Hound of the Baskerville. Hmm. 
cool. I could, I've not seen that comic book version. Now, Patrick goes on to write, what does it say about me that my two favorites are the ones where Holmes is outsmarted or the one where he can't save his client, followed by the attempt to kill a daughter to protect inheritance? I guess it makes sense that I love hard-boiled and noir, which Patrick certainly does. But I love that point that what you love to read always ends up telling you a lot about yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. I think, yeah. <laughs> Look, I think, you know, as each of us was picking our favorites, there were some in common, but there were some that were really different as well. If you could just lay down on this couch, we're going to be asking a lot more questions. <laughs> I don't mean that. But I, <laughs> we're going to get a lot more questions going on. A little self-analysis is a part of this whole lockdown. That's okay. We're all doing a little bit of introspection here. And right? yes, I think that my choices in entertainment do say a lot about my my well-being and my thought processes and yes i'm just a very silly person i probably should have said that before we started <laughs> oh but but steve i didn't know that about you, you well. <laughs> chip grew up in north carolina that's right oh, i didn't know that either well, <laughs> and i'm from canada as no one ever knew <laughs> <laughs> No, but but this is a serious point. And I often teach utopian and dystopian fiction, right? And it's so funny because there always comes a moment in a class where the students are like, wait, I'm an optimist. Or wait, I'm such a pessimist. Because you find it as you're talking about the literature, you kind of can imagine at a certain point that half of the class is going to think X and half of the class is going to think Y based on just worldview. It is kind of true. Wow. The study of popular culture. Now, guys, mm. do you want to hear what international polls say about the favorite story? Yes. Absolutely. I, mm -hmm. I want to see how okay. we measure up. <laughs> so the Baker Street Journal, and by the way, I'll tell everyone, we all picked our favorites before looking at this, including me. So the Baker Street Journal did an international poll in 99, so now it's 20 years ago. And for their top 12, four of them were from the first book. So number 12 was one we haven't mentioned, The Man with the Twisted Lip. Ah. Interesting. I thought that was interesting. And I did like that story. Well, I like all these stories. But it, it didn't come to my mind at all as one of the favorites. You, were you guys debating about it or not even? I, I, th I thought about it. But certainly, um, I, I, at some point, I just had to make a decision. And, mm -hmm. and mine was like, well, I need to, I'm going to go with my introduction. And that was the scandal in Bohemia, mm -hmm. which I see as number two. Right. So then actually, so, okay. So number 12 is man with the lip. Number five was the blue carbuncle. And now the top three were all from this first series. Number three was scandal in Bohemia. Number two was the redheaded league. And number one was the speckled band. So uh -huh. the big international poll. Now, Arthur Conan Doyle also put out a list of his top 12. And it's so funny how they're the same ones that we picked. He had number seven was the five orange pips. Five is Scandal. Two is Redheaded League. And number one was Speckled Band. So that was his very favorite Sherlock story with Redheaded League as number two. And How interesting. Five. Well, it, it sounds the wisdom of crowds. You know, the theory right? that... If we use, you know, a, a, a sample group that we can many times figure out what, 
how they should be ranked. And it's interesting that through our conversation, we had all of these, except for the Twisted Lips, uh, yeah. which I'm assuming if we had a couple more people on our panel, if that would have come up. Right. Interesting. How, how This has been so great. I want to thank everybody for sharing your opinions and your thoughts with us on this little adventure. Keep going. Uh, we love hearing from you and we really need the connections that we're making here during these times of social distancing. So make sure that you are reading along with us as we continue our story of Sherlock Holmes tomorrow. We are going to open up the next book, The Memoirs of Sherlock Holmes, and we're going to start with the first adventure, The Adventure of the Silver Blaze. So read along with us, send us your feedback, we'd love to hear from you, and uh, we're going to keep going as, as long as we can with this adventure. Steve, should we thank all the, the people who sent in their pictures? Yes, we got some great pictures from our artist friends out there. I'm still expecting more. Your homework is not over yet. Keep drawing. Keep giving us those great pictures. They're so much fun to see the differences in the perceptions of who these characters are. The things that we've been talking about can be put onto paper and in art form too. And I love seeing those. Sure. And you can look for them by using hashtag TMS Sherlock Holmes. And you can find them on Facebook. You can find those on our Instagram page too. And I'm putting them on Twitter. I'm putting them everywhere. I'm, I'm trying to share the love with everybody. This has been great. Uh, we'll see you back here tomorrow. I want to thank you again for listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'm Steve Fodor. I'm Chip Hessenblum. And I'm Pam Fedor. We'll see you in the future. Hashtag on me. <laughs> I did. That's nice.